What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25. Boyle here from Drumball. Keekly turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than the big boss, the hot sauce, goes by the name of Mark Travers. How's it going, Mark? Uh, couldn't be any better, Brad. Just uh, sitting here at the uh, Sandman and Kamloops. Just got back from the track and uh, actually watching the Stanley Cup Finals and uh, looking forward to a little podcast. Fair enough. We'll let you get back to that in short order. But uh, uh, first on the docket, we got to talk about the 2017 Rockstar Energy Drink Matt Mor- Motocross Natural Series, and that kicks off this weekend in uh, Whistling Pines Raceway in Kamloops, British Columbia. Beautiful track, and uh, I'm, I'm yet to be there on site, but I've seen nothing but amazing photos. You You've got to be excited. Well, I am, and I, the thing that I'm most excited about, I think, is the fact that they've uh, gone back to the, uh, let's say, the the natural direction or the original direction for the track. Last year, they changed the direction, which was okay. There was there's nothing wrong with doing that, but I think what they they thought and decided after they got the feedback from the riders and what they saw was that way better flow when the track went with its original direction. So they're back to that this year. Uh, we were at the track today. Stu McQueen, of course, who now manages and runs that track. Uh, has been putting a lot of time into uh, the race lines and setting up the jumps. The place looks fantastic. I mean, it's it's quiet now because, of course, nobody's there, but uh, the track itself looks fantastic. Well, that's 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 totally key that they, they would switch it back to the original way because, of course, that's how the track was developed. That's how those lines and the corners and everything just links up, and I think that that's going to produce for some from some good racing. Um, th- this is not your first uh, first time in, in Kamloops. Uh, a lot of people kind of, like, like C- Canadian motocross goes, I wouldn't say dormant but very quiet throughout the winter months as we uh, we hibernate a little bit but things start to rev up it just in the last couple of weeks more press releases more things kind of come out of the woodwork uh, what are some of the, the biggest surprises that you've seen rolling into the 2017 season I think well the, the biggest surprise is the uh, the the coming up, if you will, of uh, Christoph Purcell and the and the U.S. factory-based Rockstar Yamaha team. I think that's the biggest uh, the biggest notable thing. The fact that Davey Millsaps isn't coming back to defend his title uh, in the MX1 class is not a surprise. Although I know there was a lot of talk about him potentially coming back, and maybe in his mind he's thinking to himself, uh, "Boy, I'd love to go back there again," because he certainly had a great time. I think, uh, you know, in if from all the things that he said when the season was over, that he had a fabulous time. Loved being up here, loved racing up here, was glad to win the championship. Of course, he wants to race in the United States, and he had a great Supercross season. I mean, let's face it, he was phenomenal this season. Right. Uh, the Davy Millsaps of old, um, you know, nothing short of winning a moto, I guess, uh, other than that, he had a, a great season. So right. 
the fact that he's not here, uh, you know, is is not a great thing. But I think uh, the fact that somebody like Purcell coming in really starts to stir things up. I mean, we've got the the standard names with Fasciati. I'm expecting him to be super fast after uh, that injury that he had uh, late last season. I know that he does not race a lot. He's hopefully 100% healthy. And when he's healthy and has something to ride for, you know how good he is. Uh, you know, Gorky, uh, Medaglia, Alessi. I mean, the, the names, Benoit. I mean, how can we forget about him? Uh, the, there's going to be there's so much talent up in the MX1 class this year that uh, I'm, I won't be surprised with uh, who wins races. Let's put it that way. For sure. It's, it's never ideal when you don't have your number one place returning to defend, but uh, almost a little uh, six and one half dozen in the other when it comes to uh, a, a French prodigy like uh, Christophe Purcell. Uh, he's been known to just have light, lightning speed uh, outdoors and uh, on tracks that I think you'd agree, uh, many of the tracks in uh, the Canadian series, I would say, I wouldn't say replicate, but are kind of under the undertones of more GP tracks. Uh, that's something that might fall into his, uh, his strengths a little bit, and uh, if he is to stay the entire series, which we hope he does, um, that uh, that would definitely bode for some good finishes. Well, it, well, it would, but I'll be honest with you. I know he uh, said that in an interview that he did with MXP Magazine, and I think that he was probably just being kind. Um, I don't know how many people in Canada have been to a GP before. Uh, I have in the Netherlands, and it's it's not even anything close to, to what we have in terms of uh, track size, width, uh, and the type of a race that you know you might see, I'm not I'm not saying that to belittle us. I'm just saying that 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 is you know next to AMA racing that is you know the top of the heap, obviously. Uh, but what I think that uh, he's going to like about this particular track is flow, and you know maybe you know you think about some of the tracks that they race in the AMA series um, and and how they flow. I I don't know how that's going to compare up here. I mean obviously those tracks are much bigger, but I think he's going to like the flow out here, and I think he's going to like the fact that. There are some tighter lines on the Canadian tracks, and I think that you know once he gets comfortable up here and knows that he has the speed, I think he's already confident with his speed. But I think that once he gets into you know the flowing of the lines and leading races, then I think that he's going to enjoy maybe some tighter racing, and I think it's going to happen for sure. And uh, for a guy who's in, in the past been known to uh, be a bit guarded and maybe have a bit of a shell, do you feel like uh, so the friendly confines of a Canadian national might help him uh, break out of that a little bit, or with him being one of your marquee riders? would only make that a little bit worse. Well, I don't think so. I think that anybody that comes in Rising Canada realizes quite quickly that, you know, there's a lot of star attention to top riders. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. Right. But at the same time, everybody that races up here says it's a little bit more relaxed. We know that. Um, you know, you, you watch the pressure that those guys are under, especially in Supercross. I mean, we all know that Supercross is the pinnacle of the sport. And the pressure on a week-to-week basis and how difficult that is, um, that gets to you. And I think that, you know, maybe for somebody like Christophe Purcell, who went through some serious injuries, we think about the fact that he broke his neck twice in the last two series that he's raced, that's a big deal. And I think that maybe for a guy like that who still wants to race, I mean, he says he still wants to race, he still wants to win. Somebody like that needs maybe something like the Canadian Nationals. Like that's, you know, just a, a fresh breath of air and go up there and regain some confidence and maybe find the love of the sport again. And let's hope that he does that. I think the fact that he's French-speaking may be kind of interesting because obviously when we get into Quebec, he may feel a little bit more at home. But I think he's going to love the attention again. Those guys love attention. Any top rider, they love being in the spotlight. That's what it's all about. And, uh, and and now that spotlight is will be accompanied by two voices uh, on the on the race day pro- broadcast. I understand that both yourself and Brian will be doing the call, uh, uh, which is uh, an, I'd say an upgrade from last year, where uh, I believe it was only uh, Brian who was featured. 
It was. Brian has done the call uh, by himself for the last two years and done an admirable job uh, on the live uh, call, not only for the track, but also for the streaming. And it's a very difficult job to do that for a full day all by yourself. And we've been trying to find the right fit um, to get us together for the live call, which, of course, you know that we do that for uh, the show that's going to be on TSN right. this year, the, fo- the show that's on, on Fox Sports Racing, on NAV TV. Um, but that's the condensed show, I mean, we, and that's the show we've been doing for a number of years. So this will be the first time since we did the Montreal Supercross that we've actually done a live broadcast together, and we're looking forward to it. Um, you know, as I said, the pieces just kind of fell into place for us, and the fact that uh, Hills Production Services is taking over uh, the streaming delivery this year, it's still going to be um, brought to you through Connects to Share, which is where you're going to watch it, but it's all of that stuff is going to be coming through Hills Production Services, and that's a very important point because their uh, professionalism and their attention to detail is second to none. So we're hoping for a, a much better uh, broadcast, a live broadcast this year, and I think that's going to I think that's going to show in the total package that the uh, the 2017 Rockstar Energy Motocross Nationals have. I, th- I totally agree. It's definitely an upgrade, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to to listening to the two of you because it's always uh, theater of the mind, and you guys really get everyone. Uh, not like the, the knowledge is there and the excitement is there. And I think that's what's most important with, uh, especially as the, the the battles go backwards in the pack, is that uh, you guys seem to be able to pick out nuggets of information that uh, like just you don't you just don't get in other series, and I think that's really important. Well, I think that uh, that's one of the things that Brian and I actually created. Now, I'm not saying that we created battles behind, but I think that what we did early on in our career was to show that there's more than that's going on at the track than just uh, the leaders. And we've done our best uh, to deliver that, I think. And one of the things that we're looking forward to this year is expanding on that stuff. I mean, we should have time. I mean, motos, motos are 35 minutes in the MX1 class. Right. We should have time to look for other things. And if we can get uh, some good work with our director going and with Solibras, of course, calls the races back to the director, which is the job I did for the for a number of years, then then maybe we're going to be able to find some of those little nuggets that last a little bit longer. You think about it. You watch a race on TV, it's nine minutes. A moto is not nine minutes, so it has to be condensed. Of course. You watch a live race, it's 35 minutes. We're going to be able to work it a little bit more, watch those battles develop, and I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Oh, and there will be some battles, my friend. A lot of uh, hotly contested young men about to take on uh, this, this series this weekend in uh, in Whistling Pines in uh, on J- June 4th in Kamloops. I'm really excited about it. I know you're jacked up about it. Um, like, usually it's a total, like, the, the series, like, as far as the schedule is concerned, well-oiled machine, you know exactly where you're going uh, to the very next race. This year, second round, Prince George B, uh, yeah, Prince George, B.C., nine hours north of, uh, of Vancouver, B.C. Uh, first of all, have you been to the location, and uh, are you excited about uh, breaking some new ground which uh, at, uh, at Blackwater MX? Well, I am, and I'll be honest with you, I have been to Prince George before. Back when I was uh, 19 years old, I was uh, a tree planter, and that's where we were based out nice. of. So it's actually the center of the province, and isn't that a nice thing? Of course. Isn't that a nice, a nice place to go, the center of British Columbia? And I'm looking forward to it because those people are putting their heart and soul into this race, the whole community. And if you think about the radius in which they will draw uh, spectators from, it's going to be huge. They had a Nitro Circus uh, event there last year that drew heavy, heavy numbers. And I think that we are going to do exactly the same thing in that. And I think it's going to turn out to be one of the best 
nationals we have. Um, I don't know much about the track, and it doesn't matter to me really because I think that you know you look at a situation where you you go to a new track, and it's the same for everybody. It's the same for the riders. It's the same. It's the same for the teams. It's the same for the TV production. We're all going to go in there and do the best that we can. But I know that uh, the community there and the outreach that's been done um, with the, the, the public relations for the series, there, there's a lot going on there, and I think it's going to be a, a real big event. I think everyone's going to be saying to themselves, wow, that was, kinda, that was something. Totally agree. I think that this is going to be a momentous track. I think that uh, from the photos and some of the track video or like the, the YouTube videos that I've seen of, of helmet cams, it looks really, really cool and uh, super technical. I think these guys are going to be challenged by it. Uh, and honestly, throughout the, the series, I think there's a, a, lot, a tr- couple of tracks on there these guys haven't seen before. Some of them are uh, are just down the street from some of our uh, our series favorites. Let's let's dive in a little bit to the 450 class. Those the MX1 guys are uh, are, are kind of like the the marquee riders. And uh, honestly, I kind of see it coming down to like about four guys that really have a legitimate shot at this championship title. And that's uh, of course Christoph Purcell being the, uh, the the top of that list. And then. Uh, Colt Defasciati, Kevin Benoit, and Matt Gerke is my like those are those would be my four guys that I say would legitimately have a solid shot at this. I don't think you can go wrong in saying those names. I, I truly believe that uh, Purcell is a is the dark horse only because we don't know anything about him. Right, big question. I mean, Mark. if if you say that uh, reputation precedes itself, then yeah, of course we're expecting him to be right at the top. But we don't know till we see him ride. And I think it was the same uh, last year when Millsaps came up. I mean, we expected him to do well, but we didn't know. And then, of course, he was a dominant rider. So we could definitely see that from Purcell, and I won't be surprised if we do. But I also won't be surprised if he struggles a little bit. So I think putting him aside, he's a bit of a a wild card. Uh, Gorky and Fasciati, uh, both of those guys have won multiple championships in this country, and they know what it takes. If they're not prepared or they're not ready, it's probably more physical than it is mental because they know uh, and they, they can win. So seeing them on the podium or winning races, it won't surprise me in the slightest bit. Kevin Benoit, was he not the fastest Canadian last year? Absolutely. Of course he was. But let's take into consideration that ankle injury. We know that he uh, started the uh, season off down the south at Hangtown and had an issue in that second motor where he dabbed that uh, um, that ankle and it was hurt. I don't think he's 100%. If Kevin Benoit was 100%, he would be my number one pick for the title. But I don't think he's 100%, so I'm not going to put him there. I really like a couple of dark horses this year. I think Michael Lessie's going to be really, really, really fast this year. And I think he's going to have, with that second year with that Monster Energy Alpenstars Kawasaki team, I think he is going to really explode. And I'm looking for good things from him. And I'm also looking a lot uh, from Tyler Medallia. Uh, that move uh, from Husqvarna, which I think was okay for him in terms of his total race program, but in terms of racing the Nationals, I think the new uh, Huber uh, sports team, um, you know, with that pillar sausage background and, and whatnot that he's got going in Royal Distributing Motor Van, that Honda, I think he's going to click. And let's think, let's face it, Tyler Medallia was one of the fastest riders in the last four rounds. It's surprising that it took him that long. With that number five that he had last year, I think that you know we expected him to do more. But I really think there's going to be some big things from uh, T-Dags. Uh, I love that guy. I love his uh, tenacity. I love his approach. Great family. I think he's going to do well. 
I think you're right. And uh, with the right mindset and uh, some mental clarity, I think that Tyler could definitely uh, like put put all um, favoritism aside or like any guys who uh, feel like he doesn't really read the backs of number plate or backs of name bars. He never has. And and that's kind of uh, one of the things that's uh, one's most powerful within the sport of motocross is the fact that these guys can kind of mentally rise above their the competition that maybe other people would would say are uh, – stronger than they are and I think that that kind of falls into uh Tyler's uh strength is that he doesn't he doesn't really um like he he, he seems he's an even even playing field and uh like, like you said with a with a, a better motorcycle beneath him and more confidence in it then uh he can really make something special happen he could definitely be inside that top five I don't think that his motorcycle is going to be better. I think it's going to be better prepared. Okay. I think that he was on a really good motorcycle last year. Um, but you think about the program. Riders at that level need a program because they need the details looked after. They have the type of talent that they need to put out on the track. That's all they need to worry about. So they need a program. And I think this is a better program for Tyler. And I really believe that... You know, he's the type of rider. I mean, let's face it. I've watched Tyler ride since he was in the 80s. I've watched his brother ride since he was in the 60s. Those guys are motocross risers. That's what they do. And and I, I want to see him do well this year. So, I'll, I mean, I'm I'm pulling for him only because I think that uh, I, just the way he finished last year. But there's so many other riders out there that, that have capabilities. So I think that uh, that's what makes the, the 450 class so exciting. And I think that uh, we are going to see some good racing. And I really hope that we see different guys on top of that podium this year. I'm really uh, sad not to see Metcalf back because, I mean, let's face it, Brett Metcalf, probably one of the classiest guys that ever raced in this country. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, sometimes change is nice, but uh, you miss some of the guys that uh, that have raced before. For sure, like uh, we, we've named some pretty heavy hitters. Um, who would you say is uh, would be most likely to uh, kind of jump up into that mix and uh, and and mess things up or, or mix things up with with those top guys, whether it be a, a Cade Clayson, uh, a Kalen uh, Kalen Meston, or even a, a Kyle Chisholm? Well, I think that uh, Chisholm is always one of those guys that uh, you, because he's a champion in this country and because he's done very well south of the border racing, you expect him to have good results. And what he doesn't, you question that. And that's only because, and I think that he would probably say the same thing, he expects a lot of himself. So Kyle Chisholm is the kind of guy that at any weekend, if he was on the podium or won a moto, I wouldn't be surprised. And, And I love that. You know, and think about the other Canadians like Meston. I mean, last year he had a breakout season. Uh, is he going to be in the top ten? Guaranteed. That guy's got drive now. He knows he can race in that top ten. That's huge. So, yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of mixing going on, but I think we know who our stars are, and uh, it's the same in any series. The stars are the stars, but you have to fill up that gate, and racing's racing. I mean, anything can happen out there. We've seen it a million times before. They have to drop the gate. They have to throw the checkered flag. Someone's going to win. Absolutely, and just looking by looking at uh, a short list of some of our heaviest hitters, I easily could see uh, an entire uh, podium of one, uh, one three sets of guys, and easily uh, interchange each one of those for another uh, another uh, competitor. Like you could have six guys that uh, in, on one day that could be uh, on your podium for each moto. So uh, it looks like we're going to have some unbelievable racing on our hands. What about? Uh, I, I can't get off the 450 class without talking about uh, some local guys. I know uh, that Paul. Gangly scrub everything kid uh, from uh, Miami, Manitoba. Uh, Ryan Millar is going to be coming out and uh, uh, <laughs> ra- racing some nationals with a, cu- uh, with a, f- uh, a 
two freshly repaired uh, knees uh, with some uh, he's, 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 he's for the most part healthy and and still absolutely bonkers what do you think is gonna uh, what, what do you think Ryan can bring this year well I love Ryan Millar he's one of my favorite kids I've uh, again watched him race since he was just a young fella yeah. and uh, another kid that's got a great family behind him and uh, Ryan's always been one of those guys to me that uh, had so much potential but he had a couple of injuries and uh, some distractions because, of course, he was a family man at a young age. And I think that has taken away from his racing career. That doesn't necessarily make it wrong, bad, or right. It just was. So anytime Ryan uh, lines up, I expect him to get a hole shot because that, uh, uh, that was one of his things. He was always yeah, great at getting a hole shot. Yeah, even as intermediate. Yeah, 100%. Uh, another local rider, Josh Allen, who always does well at the Kamloops track. He's uh, part of that uh, Kawasaki support team with the Monster Energy team. Uh, I love Josh. He's a great guy. He's done the helmet cam for us before. Uh, another local kid that you actually pull for. And I hope that the Kamloopians, when they come out to uh, you know, watch the racing, are uh, cheering on Josh this weekend. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, anyone who isn't taking advantage of coming out there to local national is not doing themselves a credit. I wish Manitoba would get it, would uh, could could ever get a national back again. I think there's some things that need to happen before that. Uh, but uh, I always loved going to them. That's what got me into racing to begin with. Heard a uh, a local radio ad for a motocross national. Came out to see yourself and Brian. Uh, and actually, you know what? The first race I ever went to, I don't think it was even Brian. The first race that I ever went to might have been yourself and um, rollerball. It would have been Ross Peterson. The first time I went to Grunthal, Manitoba, right. the first time we raced in Manitoba was 1999. That's right. And um, Ross and I back in the day used to, yeah, well, we used to call the races live at the track for the TV show, which was kind of interesting because uh, back that was an odd way to do it when you think about how we do it these days, but yeah. back in the day, that's how we did it. So we used to call the races live. We used to sit in an RV right in the middle of the track. And, of course, the TV cameras, all that footage would be funneled back into the into the RV. And we would just call the races live, and then they would cut it up after that. So it was an odd way to do it. But, uh, you know, as I said in a, a recent article that was in MXP magazine that Mike McGill had wrote about the first, uh, it was, you know, 25 years of CMRC Pro racing in Canada, and they were talking about uh, the 90s as the, the first block that they were referring to. Ross Peterson was the rider or the, I guess, the, the person in motocross other than Mark Stallybrass that really taught me the most about the sport, taught me how to watch racing, what to look for, how to, you know, uh, assess things, I guess is the best way to say okay. it. And and I I look back to that as one of the blessings that I've ever had. So, you know, Ross and I uh, are still close. I still talk to him. Um, we have a uh, like a great history. That was nice. And what, what's interesting when Ross needed to leave the series, that's when Brian came in, and that's uh, you know obviously the history that Brian and I have is uh, is. You know, it's there. It's out there. It's <laughs> so, it's it's uh, magical. It's on. iconic. I think uh, um, yeah. there's a lot of people who connect uh, Canadian motocross with the with your two voices, and it's been that way for a long period of time. I believe this would be your 18th year calling the series. It is. We started in 2000. Actually, the the first race that uh, Brian did was the second last race of the season, and then we called the the Walton race together. So the last two races of the 2000 season were when Brian came on board and. You know, the funny thing is, is that when we went down to the Motocross of Nations that was down at uh, Bud's Creek, uh, we were, were walking around there. Of course, when we went down there, we had uh, VIP tickets from MXP, which was uh, such a treat. But everywhere we went in the VIP section, people would stop us and talk to us because, of course, in the early stages of the of the CMRC Pro Nationals, they were on Speed Vision down in the States That's and right. on Speed. 
everybody was watching them and they it was great i mean it was just it's uh, you know it's flattering of course in canada people are are much more conservative they don't you know they might recognize you or know who you are in terms of the motocross circle but um they might not come out and say hey how you doing i heard you watch it but the americans they were crazy they were uh, they were all over us so we had a great time okay and they're welcoming me with open arms and uh, all those uh those battles with uh with uh, Hamblin and Lange and uh, and and Brad Hagseth and and uh, Derek Fisher back in the day. That that's one of the the, the championships that sticks out to me mo- the most is when when uh, Derek Fisher on the uh, Morgan Racing Suzuki back in the day when he uh, won that championship. That was kind of like right in I wouldn't say the hey I guess you could call it the heyday, but that was like the just the total wheelhouse of of, of when Canadian motocross really got put on the map as far as uh, internationally and uh, on, on television for sure well and Derek Fisher was uh, I guess half from Burlington which was a good thing for me because I was also from Burlington so I was a huge okay. Derek Fisher there fan I always was uh, again watched him uh, race on 80s and then uh, up into the 125s I don't know if there's too many guys that I saw I mean maybe other than JSR and uh, maybe Mike Brown <laughs> yeah. to name a few that could ride a 125 like Derek Fisher and man oh man did he ever uh, ride that Suzuki well, fast bike. Oh, so fast! Yeah, those things were those things were great. Also, just love those days with the 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 mixing gas and hauling ass. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. 
Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know this, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market, from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, 
works and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Let's talk a little bit about MX2. Um, for all intents and purposes, most people are leaving this class as a bit of a snoozer because they've already crowned the champion. Uh, we haven't even raced Moto1 and everyone's saying that uh, Cole Thompson is going to walk away from them. Why are they right? Why are they wrong? Why do they need to watch every Moto from this series? Well, I mean, you, you watch a, a series because it's 20 Motos to determine a champion. And, you know, I mean, consistency is what it's all about. Um, anything can happen. Uh, last season, the first moto for Cole Thompson wasn't a great moto, but he certainly came back and showed who was the boss. But I think I think what it what happens is that when you get a guy that like Cole Thompson who showed that he was a level above last year, everybody else in that class is vying to compete to that level, and I think that they know the level that they have to get to in order to compete with him, in order to beat him. I mean, Sean Moffenbauer last year, if not for a couple of things, would have been a lot closer in terms of points. And when you get down to those last few motos, the last few rounds, when you're close in points, it's tighter. When there's a big gap, you're just racing for wins because you need money. You know, you want the money and you want the uh, to do the best that you can, of course, at every point in time. But when the points are, are close, things are tighter. And I really believe that the program, again, we're talking about programs, not that the program that Dylan White uh, right had with uh, MX101 wasn't good because it's a fantastic program. There's a lot of backing there from a lot of different areas and some great people behind them with the mentality of motocross that they have at that facility and on that team. But I, I think that he was ready for that next step, and that next step may be the program. And I think that's what GDR brings. There's If you can't go into a situation where you're hanging around with Colton Fasciati and you can't take things out of him, well, uh, then there's something wrong because that's what he's there for. He's there to not only race and win in the MX1 class, but also to mentor and tutor a younger rider like Dylan Wright. We all know he's got the talent. We all know he has the speed. Does he have the bike this year? Let's hope because I think he's fast enough. I really do. He is brash. That kid rides on the edge. He does not mind contact. We love contact in the MX2 class. Well, we love it in any class, but of course we love it in the MX2 class. That guy, I, I won't be surprised if he is battling for the championship right down to the last moto. It will not surprise me. And Sean Moffenbauer, <laughs> I mean, how can you not like that guy? I mean, he's perpetually, I, I'm looking forward to Sean moving into the MX1 class. I mean, that's personally what I'm looking forward to because I do believe that he is, uh, well, when you finish uh, sixth overall in the MX1 class and then move down to the MX2 class, I think you've already shown that you can race that class. But I, I do believe that uh, the program that he's in this year is going to, uh, suit him well he rides the yamaha really well we know that and i expect him to be very aggressive on the bike and i mean aggressive for sure those guys uh have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder especially a guy like uh, moff who uh last year at the uh, regina national i believe was nipping at the heels of the uh of the championship points and actually that particular day happened to go about as bad as it could have for sean who uh, ended up having a, a motor problem in the second moto and uh he bet that basically derailed uh his his 
fight for the championship for the rest of that year because that was round four. And uh, going forward from that, there was uh, he he did he would never was able to regain that uh, big twenty five point gap that he had suffered in uh, um, in Regina. Well, I, most definitely. And let's think about we all know what happened in Moto One at Regina last year. We all know. Yeah. I mean, the red flag incident was uh, a terrible incident. Nobody wants that. Nobody, like, the funny thing is is that people like to point fingers and say, you know, why and all that. Nobody wants that. Who who the heck wants that to happen? You know, when Hebner went down, uh, that whole situation was crazy. And I truly believe that based on the position of the crash and where the flagger was in the corner, that everything was done properly. But under the circumstances, when you watch the video and it was watched, we saw that riders doubled and jumped on the Red Cross flag. So, I mean, the rule's a rule. So I don't want to, I'm not going to go back and, and get into that, but all I want to say is, is that you're right. That was a horrible day. <laughs> Even though Moffenbeier won that moto, of course, he was docked the 10 positions, so he had to go back. And then DNF's the second moto, so yeah, awful. Um, but I, I, the thing about Moffenbeier that I like, I like his attitude. He's a very uh, even-keeled guy. And I think that he shows what he has out on the track. I think he's mature. And I also think that he has enough experience in racing that he doesn't get flustered by things. Thompson's the same. I mean, you see that from him. He's got tons of experience, and that shows in his racing. And I think that's one of the things that's going to make Dylan Wright better is his experience. The more he races in this class, the more he leads, wins, all that types of of things. Let's not forget about Jacob Hayes. That guy, (laughs) he's fast. And he didn't even get a chance to race these guys last year. Exactly. And when you think about the fact that he was injured in the very first moto of the season, what a devastating loss that was for the Monster Energy Alpine Stars team. I mean, Mark Worth came in and did a great job. I thought that guy was fantastic, and I really thought he had a good career going up here. But I think Jacob Hayes was – I think it was a good thing that he gave him another opportunity. Let's put it that way. I think so too. I, I think that uh, he's going to be a bit of a wild card this year, rolling in and uh, could really uh, give some guys some fits. Uh, obviously, we want to keep our champion championships uh, on on this side of the border, but this guy is seriously—he's a bad dude on a motorcycle, and he's got that a great Kawasaki that's proven beneath him, and uh, it's something that he's familiar with for a long period of time. He obviously did a great job riding that in arena cross this year, and he's he's going to be familiar with it, um, and he just like he's. An American kid that uh, is is hungry for wins. I think that um, like if if there's anyone, in my opinion, if there's anyone that can give uh, Cole Thompson a serious serious cha- uh, challenge for this championship, I, I have to give the nod to J- either Jacob Hayes or Dylan Wright. Well, and you think about the fact that there's uh, a relationship there between uh, Hayes and Thompson, which I think is going to show out on the track. Yes. Uh, because Hayes is also one of those guys that is not a young fella on uh, a 250 bike. He's a little bit older, has more experience, and he doesn't mind contact. That's the thing. Eh? These guys are like the 250 class. We think about as a you know the young class, the the up and comers. Of course, there's intermediates in there, and that's why I think that 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 class is so exciting because you just never know. There's a lot of Canadians. You think about Casey Keist. I mean, that's going to be interesting. We think about Jess Pettis. I mean, he had a breakout season last year. That guy's podium material. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen there. So I'm really looking forward to that class. And I, I mean, who's who's to say that that's a throwaway class? It's not a throwaway class. That is a that is a 20 moto battle for a championship. And until I see someone dominate, it's wide open. 
Well, that's why we have this conversation. A lot of a lot of the bench racers out there that maybe don't know as much as this, uh, as a guy like yourself might th- uh, see uh, uh, your your number one plate coming back in, a guy who was dominant last year, uh, and, and, and assume that he's going to do the exact same thing. But uh, there's a, a good list of four or five other serious uh, title threats that are going to have something to say about it. And like I said earlier, they've the, each one of them has their own chip on their shoulders, and I think uh, Dylan Wright maybe has the biggest one of them all because um, I think. I think in, in a lot of ways of his competitors, and not to say that there's any disrespect going there, but I, I just feel like uh, a lot of times he doesn't feel like he's given his due as far as his skill level and what he's capable of on a motorcycle. And uh, I think he's ready to prove it this weekend, this weekend, this Sunday at uh, in round, round one. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't say that he isn't given his just due. I think that uh, he, he gets as much as he deserves because I think that think about all of the exposure and talk that he gets I think he's more than capable I think it it he's in a position now after where he's been for the last couple of years that he just needs to take care of the business you know what I mean like totally in in this sport it, it comes down to at the end of the season where would you finish I mean barring injuries because obviously you can't there's nothing you can do about injuries and that happens and that stunts anything that you're going to do you have to win I mean that's what it comes down to and I think that he's ready to do that so are we going to see that this year? It won't surprise me if he wins the championship. I mean, we all think that Cole Thompson's going to win because he uh, was so great last year, and he's an experienced veteran and a, you know a great motocross racer. Comes from a great family that uh, you know just lives and breathes motocross. Uh, but so does the Wright family. There's so many families in Canada that that feed and breathe this stuff. That who's surprised when they do well? Really, and that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. No, like uh, we got four uh, four rounds back to back to back. Uh, is there anyone that you find uh, that, that 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 schedule like having that rigorous of a schedule right off the bat? Uh, do you feel like it it, uh, it favors anybody? No, I wouldn't say so. I think that uh, the the thing that you that I like about four rounds in a row, and that's really not a lot of racing when you think about what pe- what they do in Supercross, and then with two weeks off they go right into AMA Motocross. I think that the four rounds gets people into a rhythm. And we all know when from watching motocross in Canada what it means to get a good start. JSR, that was what JSR was so great at. The minute the gate dropped, he was more prepared, he was faster, he was in better shape than every rider out there, and he got a great start and got ahead of everybody, and then could get into a rhythm. That's what it's all about. And I, what I'm looking forward to seeing is which riders are going to get into rhythms in four rounds, eight races, and then take that break and then recalculate what do they have to do when they get to Gopher Dunes. Because we all know that Gopher Dunes is probably the biggest wild card race of all season, uh, especially when you, you go into a race like that when you think about how good Thompson was last year and how good Gorky is. If Purcell isn't thinking about how good Gorky is going into um, Gopher Dunes, if he's leading in points, then he's nuts. So, I mean, think about that. That's, there's a lot of details out there that we're just sort of you know bench racing about, but... Good details. That's fun stuff. Absolutely. Now, so I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I need a podium for both the MX1, MX2 classes for Kamloops specifically. We're not going to. Uh, we, I'm not going to hold you to a championship because a lot of things can happen. Injuries can happen. A lot of things can happen over an entire summer. Ten rounds. What is your feel rolling into the very first round? Your podium for both the, the 450 class, the MX1, and the 250s, the MX2. <laughs> Yeah, it's because I think that his sand uh, skills are uh, above everybody else, and I think it's going to take Purcell a little bit to get going. 
That's just my opinion. Um, I think Fasciati is going to be on the podium, and I think Alessi is going to be on the podium, and I'm going to put uh, Medaglia fourth and Purcell in that 4-5 number. So uh, I'm going to say Gorky, Fasciati, and Alessi, but okay. <laughs> Again, as I said, I won't be surprised if anybody else wins. But those are my three uh, for round one. In the 250 class, um, I'm going to put um, Jacob Hayes, uh, and the reason I say that is because of the uh, Monster Energy team, because they're based out of this time. If he's any of the practicing and time that he's had on this track, I think this is the one that he is probably the most comfortable on. I think Hayes wins the overall this weekend, and I think uh, Thompson is second, and I'm going to put Moffenbar third, right fourth, because I think that there's going to be a lot of expectation for Wright this weekend, and I think he's going to have to take a deep breath after the first weekend and then start to get into his rhythm. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show to give me some time and just to talk about this series that's starting, and uh, I couldn't be more excited about it. We'll definitely check in with you again after a couple of rounds to do a little review and, and get the vibe of the series. But uh, uh, before I let you go, how can people uh, listen, how can people watch uh, and take in the series uh, in, in a number of different ways, uh, not just connect to share, but uh, give, give us a little bit of a rundown? Well, the first and most important thing is if people want to buy tickets before they go to uh, the actual race, mxnationals.ca. You can buy tickets to any round. Uh, you get money off your ticket, 5 bucks per ticket if you buy them online. You can always get tickets at the gate. That's easy. But mxnationals.ca, that's where you go for all your updates, your live scoring, um, the past season's videos, all of that kind of stuff. If you want to watch the races live, go to connectstheshare.com. You can watch them live on your laptop or your computer, or you can download the app and watch it on your mobile device. It's very easy. It works very well. Um, you just have to get over the fact that you have to get an app. Pretty simple. Make it happen. And I think that, the, as we talked about, the, uh, the live stream call this year with Brian and I is going to be spectacular. The race coverage is going to be unbelievable. We're, we're really looking forward to it. Um, so those are the two things that I think that are going to be very important in terms of the actual race day. But don't forget about the fact that um, the races are going to be on TSN. The 450 class is going to be on TSN three weeks after the first round. We're tightening up our delivery and the broadcast. So the fourth week of um, April, or sorry, what am I saying, of May or June, sorry, is when the first round is going to be on TSN. And then there's going to be four weeks in a row, and, of course, there's going to be a break and so on and so forth. Also, the 250 class is going to be on Fox Sports Racing. So uh, for those people that can get it, please watch it. We love it. It's going to be good. Absolutely. Never uh, never miss a moto. Always love it. Mark Travers, it's been a pleasure to have you on my show, my friend. Uh, you are, by without a doubt, totally, uh, uh, you deserve a lot of blame for getting me uh, totally addicted to the sport. <laughs> uh, so uh, if anyone uh, has to complain about this show, I direct all emails to, to Mark Travers so he can handle that there. Uh, but uh, it's always a pleasure to be mine to talk to you, my friend. I'll see you in Regina. Plan on making the drive out there once again at the end of this month, uh, this coming up month. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you do, man. What you do is good, and uh, we, we thank you. We really appreciate the time. Thanks, Brad. It's been a pleasure.